You are listening to the Apex Hour on KSUU Thunder 91.1. In this show, you get more personal time with the guests who visit Southern Utah University from all over, learning more about their stories and opinions beyond their presentations on stage. We will also give you some new music to listen to and hope to turn you on to some new sounds and new genres. You can find us here every Thursday at 3 p.m. on the web at seu.edu slash apex or email us at seuapex at icloud.com. But for now, welcome to this week's show here on Thunder 91.1. Okay, well, we have one more best of show for you this week. This week I'm traveling one last time for the semester. I'm up in Salt Lake recording some videos for some music educational shows. But I promise we'll be back live next week. But in the meantime, we have a great best of show for you this week. We're going to start with part of our talk with Dr. Elizabeth Churchill when she was visiting campus earlier in the semester. She had some amazing things to say about psychology, about teamwork, and just about her work uh, with Google in California. So listen in. Best of show, last of the semester. Enjoy. The human condition and human interaction has just been, it's kind of a part of your DNA, it seems. You're just always observing it and aware of it and very interested in in cohabitating with it. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about how psychology maybe influences your current work? And that might be a great sort of introduction to what human computer interaction is for you today. Sure. So psychology is a vast area. So back in the day, we used to talk about it as sort of the the biological and perceptual, which is what does the body do? How do you see? How do you hear? And Mm -hmm. that's psychology. But then there's developmental. How do you develop from a child? But how do you develop in learning? Mm -hmm. And there's more social. So, you know, how do you interact with others and how do others affect you and how are you part of groups? So in the work that I currently do, with material design for Google, you know, everything from what does an interface look like? So think about your phone. You know, what can you see? What do the colors do? What stands out for you? That's perception. Mm -hmm. You know, if you swipe and move something, how do you perceive that? How does the voice sound to you? That's psychoacoustics, the sound of a voice and how it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. And then we go to things like problem solving and reasoning. You know, is the information presented in a way that you can read it and you can understand it? Do you know what you're trying to do? Is the task clear? Have you ever picked up your phone and you've got an app and you open it and then you're like, I do not know what to do next. Right. Psychology will tell you a little bit about what information you need to know in order to do the next thing. Mm -hmm. So there's perception and invitation and problem solving. And then, of course, we go to the social. So, you know, if this app doesn't work and you don't get to talk to the person you want, think about social media. How is that changing the way you interact with people? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you speak to them more frequently, less frequently? How do you feel about yourself and your identity? Do you think that your social media presence puts pressure on you or gives you joy? So we go all the way up to really thinking about the deep, psychological, emotional states, which is what most people think of when they say psychology. Mm -hmm. But actually, psychology is all about from seeing to hearing to listening to meaning to problem solving. 
and how all of that affects your emotional space as well. It's just amazing. I mean, I've, you know, the, I use my phone all the time. I think about my phone all the time. I think about social media all the time. But really, I mean, you are just looking at all of it from so many different angles, and all of them are psychological. It's it's fascinating to think of it from that. It must be so exciting on a day-to-day for you, I'm sure. Oh, it absolutely, absolutely is. And you know, people who kind of go to bed with their phones, and it's like their pet and their best friend. Yeah. And if you've ever lost a phone... There's losing the phone because the information on it, but so many people feel like they've lost a friend and it's that deep crisis. Yeah, it's amazing. I'd like to turn to some of the positions that you've held and and so our listeners can kind of get a little more of a trajectory of some of the companies that you work for. Of course, we know you currently work for Google as one of the directors of user experience. And can you maybe talk a little bit more about the specifics of that position? I know we just kind of went over the concepts, but Mm -hmm. what does a director of user experience do? And how has that position evolved? I know it's evolved quite a bit. Yeah. So what we do, what I do most of the time is I have a fantastic group that works for me with many different skill sets from software engineering to design, to experimental, to anthropology and ethnography. Because we want to deeply understand this experience um, of using apps and phones and other devices. Um, But my job is really to come in make sure everybody's clear about what they need to do to partner with product managers, to work with my VP, to see where we're going, to work with the director of the material design system to see where the strategy is. So we build that together and to think about the long-term future and then to help the people in my team understand what they need to do next, get the resources for them to help my boss understand why I need additional resources, maybe more people to do certain things, and to basically prioritize. So there's a huge amount of my work is just listening, watching, understanding where we are with regard to goals, looking at goals and seeing whether they're realistic or not at all or in certain timeframes, and then readjusting as needed if the resources are available or not available. Mm but also just really people development. Mm. So for me, a big part of my job is making sure every single person on my team understands what they're doing, why they're doing it, that it's important, and that it's part of their career trajectory, Mm. as well as part of the product success and Google success. So they're part of a bigger thing in the corporation, even if what they feel they're doing is small, and it's really critical, but also part of we are part of their career and their life going forward. So it has to be mutually beneficial and growth on both sides. And my best people, my best people are going to grow and they're going to go on. And that is sad, but it's also exactly what needs to happen. Right. It's a little bit of, I know you had some past in academia. It's a little bit of that academia and that mentorship creeping back in, it sounds like. I really believe in that. I believe it's, um, it's a manager's role. Mm-hmm. to amplify the people that work for them and to learn from the people that work for them. Um, it just, that's what you should do and have to do. And at a place like Google, you are resourced to do. Google is very, very, very supportive of managers and manager developing, management developing people. The director of user experience position is relatively new and has expanded, if I have heard correctly. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, we had a lot of really great user experience professionals 
But the director level, there's only been a couple, there were a couple of people um, appointed to director level, which is the highest level you can get um, in user experience a couple of years ago. And I came in as the first person from the outside to get that position. And now um, I think we're up to five now, maybe even more because we're just, you know, we had a round of promotions. Wow. But Google is investing enormously in this user angle, in the human-centered angle, and recognizing that what we need is to bring leadership in um, from other companies and grow our own leadership. So it might be more than five now. Last time I looked, it was five. But it's really exciting for me to see that Google is promoting people and hiring people into this role at very senior levels. That's fantastic. Well, it's time for a musical break. But when we come back, I'd like to continue the conversation about team, building teams, managing teams. I've been, I've been eating this information up because I'm really interested in management and leadership and teamwork. So stay tuned to continue for that. I'm um, again, you're listening to Thunder 91.1. This is Lynn Vartan and I've got a few songs to play for you today. The first one is called Mevoy and it's this amazing group called Ibe that I'm really turned on and passionate about. Um, and so this is Mevoy by Ibe and this is the Apex Hour here on Thunder 
All right. Well, welcome back. Uh, this is the Apex Hour. I'm Lynn Vartan. This is Thunder 91.1. And we are joined in the studio by the amazing Dr. Elizabeth Churchill. Welcome back. And one of the things I'd like to talk about was one of the topics we touched on before, which was teamwork. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of what you do is building teams, managing teams, supporting teams, and then uh, working, of course, with teams to make amazing things happen. Can you talk a little bit about your style of leadership? And, and I know you've been saying it may be a little different than the average Joe, but it sounds amazing to me. And so the kinds of things you think about in terms of your leadership and in your team and how that all works. Yeah, sure. Um, I tend to bring people into my team who um, are very curious and who are sort of self-starters in some way. They, they're, they're desperate to learn and they want to learn. I also really emphasize collaboration. So I want you to be really good at what you do and I'm going to support you to develop. We have a job to do for Google, but I also want you to give, you know, an assist to your teammates. Mm -hmm. So I, I strongly foster collaboration mm -hmm. and my sort of, way of thinking about things is that, you know, you have a portfolio of work that you do and say 60% of the work is very immediate product focused and we don't really have impact. We're going to get something done. 20% should be things that are a little bit further out for you. And 20% should really be about, you know, you developing the skills and the sensibility and the perspective that will be the future for you and for us potentially. So always about growing. Mm -hmm. And I try to have the team be as diverse as possible and bring their ideas in. Um, I love to talk and I can be a bit loud. So I always tell my folks, you know, you, you get to tell me to like simmer down. Yeah. Um, I like to encourage independence, but collaboration and encourage the idea that you work on my team and you develop and you develop. But if you get to the point where you feel you've grown beyond or your interests have changed, then we're all going to work together to get you into the next space, the next thing you want to do. Mm -hmm. So I really believe in the team, but I try to keep a focus on the individual in the team so that they feel they belong and they can grow and that they are strongly contributing. I love the, the duality that you foster with confidence and curiosity. I just, mm -hmm. um, I think that as a teacher, I really connect with that and really love that as a message um, for leadership. I know the communication component is also a, a big aspect of things for you. Can you talk about how that manifests itself mm -hmm. in your team and how you help to lead that? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people come in and they're very good at what they do. And they think that their job is to do what they do. And they then get surprised that actually they need to spend, you know, a big chunk of their job actually communicating. So, you know, you might come in and you're a great designer. And, you know, your preference might be to design all day. And you don't, you want to not talk to other people because that's who you are. And I respect that. But I'm going to try and push you to start talking to others about your craft and sharing your rationale for what you do. Um, sharing your rationale will allow you to be reflective but sharing it will also give you confidence when you see others appreciate it. It will develop your rhetorical skills when you see what lands and what doesn't. And it will help the whole team to get more reach, if you like. Now, you could be the kind of person who comes in and you're like, hey, I only want to do the design work 40% of the time. And that is great. I will help you figure out where you want to communicate and how. And 
where you can bring your skills to the communication design as well. Mm-hmm. So people are different, but the biggest challenge with, you know, young folk coming in is often they think they've got the job to do the thing they're trained in. Mm-hmm. And they have, but they've also got the job to communicate what they're trained in and help level others up and to share the products of their labor and to get those out. And that's the way your team will have big reach. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't be the only spokesperson for my work and for the team's work. The team, you know, the junior people are going to be having lunch with others. They're going to be, you know, having opportunities to spread the work in other cohorts and other social situations. They're going to go to, you know, happy hour mixes and spreading the word and knowing that they're an ambassador for their work, but also for the team's work amplifies our presence and effectiveness. So helping them build confidence that that is their role and helping them have the skills to do the communication and the rhetorical skills to make sure that their great ideas land is beneficial to all. That's fantastic. I love it. I'd like to revisit uh, the end of our, we had a, a, a luncheon today and we were doing a little bit of talk back and you had this great, I, I asked you a question about qualities or traits that you look for in, in team members uh, or things that you think that undergraduates were mostly an undergraduate institution here, but things that you think that undergraduates or even graduates, uh, grad students could be developing. And I loved, and I know some of it's an overlap uh, from the previous question, but I love these four words that if you, <laughs> hopefully you remember them, I can remind you. <laughs> but these four qualities I thought were really special if you could share them with our audience. Sure. So it's curiosity and confidence, yep. vanity and voyeurism. Love it. And so the curiosity is, you know, Always keep curious. Um, often, you know, when you've had great teachers and you really respect them, you know, you can think that what they say is the answer. And that can dull your natural curiosity because you think the answers are laid out for you. Um, you have to bring your curiosity, your, you know, alternative perspective. Feed that curiosity. Always ask questions. Don't think you have to know, you know, be curious. Confidence is related to that because I find a lot of young people come in and they're very, very good, but they don't have the confidence to own that curiosity and Mm -hmm. own the skill and to be able to say to me, a much more senior person, that is interesting. Why do you think that? Can you help me understand that? Or here's a thought that I had. What do you think of that? So, you know, every encounter needs to be another opportunity for you to learn. So you're curious eager to learn, you're respectful, you're thoughtful, and you're not treating the other person, no matter how senior, as if they have all the answers that you have to run away and execute on. You know, I want you to be able to bring challenge in the best sense of the word to things. And the vanity and voyeurism is, you know, people, we have to care about ourselves. We have to have some self-nurturing. We have to celebrate our achievements. Yes. And, you know, it's called sort of vanity. I mean, back in the day in Britain, it was like if you talked about yourself, you were vain. By vanity, I mean, take pride in yourself and care. Don't be prideful. Right. But, you know, be be proud of your achievements and let others be proud with you. Yes. And, you know, take away a little bit of a, hey, high five me mm-hmm. in a really kind of lovely, humble, embracing way. Mm-hmm. And voyeurism is all human beings are curious about others. So 
watch others, see who you want to emulate and who you admire. You know, watch how they do what they do. Try and emulate. Try and learn from them. You know, nobody in the world is the first person to do pretty much anything. You don't have to be the lone, rugged individual. You can learn from others, celebrate their achievements, and take on some kind of doppelgangerness of them and build yourself and learn and then carve your own path from what you've learned from them. And so I think vanity is sort of nurturing self. Voyeurism is observing and nurturing others and learning from others. Yeah, I love those four. I just love those traits. I just, I'm definitely going to steal those and, and use those words in, in my teaching. Because of course, it's cross discipline. I mean, that can just as easily apply to music instruction, which is what I do and, and as it as it can to what you do in your discipline as well. So thank you so much for those concepts. Absolutely. I'd like to now talk a little bit. I know I understand that you have had a fantastic experience with eBay and you <laughs> think very fondly of your time at eBay. Can you tell me a little bit about that time and about what made it so special for you? Well, it was about people, really. So firstly, you know, the team I worked with, was they were amazing. But also, you know, eBay was the first social platform. It was the first place. It was the first marketplace. It was the first social platform, right? And eBay was putting people in touch with each other around goods, you know, the circulation of goods, things that you don't want anymore, but I do. Mm -hmm. So it's about value and it's about honoring things. It's about valuing materiality in a really good way. Right. So all of the sort of sustainability stuff, all of the value stuff, you pass something on that had value to you and now it has value to someone else. Um, eBay is also, you know, it's allowed a, a lot of people who otherwise would not have been able to have businesses right. create businesses. Mm. There are a lot of wonderful stories of, you know, single moms who sold stuff on eBay and made a little bit of money and kept themselves going. There's a lot of mom and pop stores who basically, you know, they were maybe in somewhere very rural, but they got to have outreach and a customer base way beyond. So, you know, eBay has seen its ups and downs, but as a value system, as a company that really is trying to circulate goods that exist and have meaning for people and put people in touch with people, um, I just found it really exciting to be part of that. Yeah. Do you have a favorite memory from your time there or a favorite mm. story? I'm sure there are many. So I have a favorite story, which was about Somebody had created something great. Game of Thrones is a big thing. Yeah. I personally don't watch it, but it's a big thing. And so somebody had created an, a chain armor guinea pig or hamster. It was guinea pig or hamster suit. The, the, for the actual animal. For, for the animal. Oh. <laughs> and they put it on eBay. And somebody picked this up and it became a meme that just went around because it was so well made and so silly and so fun that somebody picked it up and it went in for charity. And so it started to snowball and snowball. And I think they made like $20,000 for this guinea pig chainmail outfit, which went to charity. Fantastic. And there were things like that happening on eBay every day 
all day. Quirky things, fun things. Yeah. And stories about, you know, I found a plate that, you know, my mum would have had. And now I have the plate and it reminds me of my mum. And, you know, I'd never thought I'd see a plate like that again. So it's really deeply emotional as well as super practical. Yeah. Um, and it's those stories that really warmed my heart. That's just beautiful. And you have just such wonderful memories from there, it sounds like. Your, I think it was your first major position was at Fuji Xerox. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about how, how that was and the transition from being a student into that position or into your first sort of mm-hmm. full-time thing? Well, I start, well, my studentship went on to be a postdoc. So I did my uh-uh. PhD, then I did my postdoc, and then I really wanted to go into academia. But um, Fuji Xerox as a company had a research lab called FXPAL, F-X-P-A-L, in Silicon Valley. And I knew people who sort of were affiliated to it. And so I was all set to go into academia, but I'd been working on virtual environments and remote communication. And FXPAL had a role they wanted to try and build communication between researchers in California and researchers in Japan, just outside Tokyo. And so I was one of the few people at that time who'd been thinking about these virtual environments and um, chat spaces and so forth for communication and collaboration. And so they asked me to come over and I came over and built a research team um, and worked with other more senior researchers to build communication tools to allow collaboration between researchers in California and in Japan. That was how that all started. Oh. And my intention had always been to go back into academia. But uh, FXPAL was very supportive and they allowed me to keep um, publishing and doing work with students. And um, I continued to do classes here and there and supervise students. So I kind of got the best of both worlds. That was Elizabeth Churchill here on the Apex Hour. This is a best of show. Um, I'm out of town this week, but you're listening to the Apex Hour on KSEU Thunder 91.1, and I'm your host, Lynn Vartan. We have another clip from our best of the spring, and that is when we had the wonderful conversation here in the studio with several members of our Allies on Campus community, our LGBTQ plus community, just talking about all the different resources that were available. It came from a wonderful live event where Claudia Bradshaw, who is one of the founders of the PFLAG chapter here in Utah, came and talked about her experience with her son and her family's story. And we just opened that conversation up later on in the hour to talk about all the different things that are facing our LGBTQ plus friends on campus and in our community. Listen in. Again, this is the best of show. Lynn Vartan here talking to you for the Apex Hour, KSUU Thunder 91.1. And I'd kind of like to continue that as as we go on into this next segment. And that conversation is today we've been really celebrating all of the the resources and the projects and the programs that are available. But that's not the whole story. I mean, there's still a long way to go and there's still a lot of um, uh, difficulties facing uh, the LGBT community here in Cedar City at SUU and in Southern Utah in general. Um, what concerns you guys or what are the things that you feel? Where Where's the growth needed? What are the concerns? What are the things you have on your mind with regards to where we need more growth? I think for me, one of the largest things that I've seen in looking at 
the increasing racial diversity within the Pride and Equality Club here on campus and then looking at, you know, um, LGBTQ plus communities of color in Utah, looking at that double isolation of living in a state where the predominant population is white and it's also culturally not accepting of LGBTQ plus identities. Right. So I think those who do live at those intersections, I think uplifting those voices are also really important um, and providing them with services that will validate those two identities, not just that the, the transgender identity is or the gay identity. They're not monoliths that right. when you also add this cultural background that adds a different layer mm-hmm. to that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there's been a lot of work with immigrant advocate groups up in Salt Lake, like Comunidades Unidas, Utah. Um, they do a lot of work to also ensure that when they're doing undocumented outreach, they're also looking at if you have a LGBTQIA plus identified partner, the process might look a different, a little different for sponsorship or things like right. that. So ensuring that those people who live at those different intersections are also being uplifted and we're not you know, overgeneralizing populations. Right. Great. Isolation, John. I know you feel pretty strongly about that part of the top, part, that piece of the puzzle as well. Yeah, and and a you know a tragic consequence. A lot of the isolation is the extremely high suicide rate among the LGBT population, especially trans people and gay men in particular. Um, and one of the things we're trying to do in in a larger sense beyond SUU, just with a Southern Utah developing a larger Southern Utah community, is kind of break down that isolation where we aren't quite as isolated as it might seem. I mean, we are culturally isolated, we're geographically isolated, but there are more people here than you might realize. And we're trying to get the word out that there are more people here, there is a larger community that maybe people don't realize. Um, and so we're trying to establish a larger community in that sense. Uh, we have a Facebook page, uh, Discover Pride Southern Utah. We're working on another website. Uh, there's always a Pride event every year, but establishing more community events throughout the year, not just a once a year Pride Festival. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's obviously great, but we're trying to do more throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And these are all things being developed right now. Mm-hmm. Kind of with that, Claudia Bradshaw just walked in. I know. <laughs> we have more to add to the conversation. Our guest from earlier today has joined us in the studio. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you. And we're so glad that you were here. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, I've loved doing everything. It's been wonderful. Yay. And maybe this is, we've been talking about lots of resources. Maybe you could give our listeners, I know you talked a little bit about it this morning, but also give our listeners the opportunity to uh, understand a little bit about what PFLAG offers and and the St. George chapter. Okay. Uh, PFLAG was started years and years ago, but the main, three main purposes of, are to educate and to support and to advocate for equal treatment. That's great. Mm-hmm. And how's, how is that chapter doing today? How's how things going? Ooh, it's been a little bit hard for me lately because I, my, my husband passed away. Right. And so I haven't been having meetings like I should, so I still want to. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to see we have someone up here that's going to do the te- have some meetings 
and I'll be glad to come up for those. Absolutely. We've been breaking all kinds of news today, right? We broke the news about the programming for Pride Week and about the showing of the Believer film. And earlier today, we also sort of broke the news. It's brand new, the, the PFLAG chapter. And again, this is parent, uh, more of a parent support group, but really can be anyone, come on, come all. And that, that PFLAG chapter is in the works to be start, started here in Cedar City. And my understanding is that their first official meeting is going to be uh, two weeks or a week from next Monday. So that would be like March 4th, if somewhere around there, if anybody has a calendar. Um, I believe it's March 7th, the first Wednesday. First Wednesday. First Wednesday. It'll be in the library from 8 till 9 that evening. Okay, perfect. And that's going to be at the Cedar City Library? No, no, no the SUU Library. Uh, okay. Oh, wait. No, I'm not sure. Cedar City. <laughs> oh, we're... I'm not sure. Let me double check. Yeah. And so again, again, everything we've talked about today is going to be on, on the Allies website on the Center for Diversity and Inclusion. But that's another opportunity that's coming up. And that group is going to be meeting at either the SUU Library or the Cedar City Library. I think it might be Cedar City um, Wednesday, uh, March 7th at 8, 7 p.m.? 8 p.m. Okay, great. So that's a brand new thing that started. So we've got the momentum going in Cedar City for a PFLAG chapter, which is awesome. That is awesome. I would like to have some time, one of these times, when there's an, a meeting, to discuss coming out and maybe a procedure that would help some. I noticed there's some who are still not out to their families. Yes. And hopefully that it would I could do it in a way that could help them so that the pa the p family can stay together. That's right. one of my main goals anyway, personally. I hate to see families be torn apart. And, and so. that's really been one of your main platforms in mm -hmm. your work, and that's one of the things that's been so amazing is is really keeping that love, that, mm -hmm. that love in the family strong. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for anybody listening who may not be able to get to these events or um, any resources that you'd like to share or even just thoughts and ideas about how to start that conversation? Uh they're they're welcome to call me. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the my telephone number is four three five three one three 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 six six. And I would be glad to have a conversation with them and maybe recommend books. There's yeah. a book that's called Coming Out An Act of Love. Yeah. That means if your child comes out to you, he loves you enough, he wants to make sure that he's part of the family. Mm -hmm. That's pretty big. Yeah, that's that's an amazing part of it. Mm -hmm. Well, your story has been so powerful, and it was so powerful again today. And it, do you want to share any particular bits that you've been thinking about, or that you want to, our listeners to know? And because we'll, this is part of the podcast series, which will be available, um, mm -hmm. you know, on the website after the event. And I'd love to give you the opportunity to just say more. Mm -hmm. I would also like to say to to the families to just if they if their child comes out to them, give give them a chance to to le learn and to get educated. I have books available and some that I could uh, recommend for the parents so that they can read read them and not and they don't want to destroy their relationship with their child. Mm -hmm. Vice versa. 
So good education on how to do it. My son was so well prepared when he came out to me. It helped me. I'm not saying I didn't make some stupid comments, but I did. <laughs> right. But he he was patient with me, too. And I think Brayden is here to talk to us, and he has something to say. Um, so I'm from Chicago, and we arrived here. Hey, on campus, there is a lot of competing events, Mitt Romney being one of them. Yeah. And I was staggered at a completely full conference room, yeah. diverse with both allies, faculty, students, uh, racial, gender. It was all there. Yeah. So impressive. And all of these people care. Yeah. And are engaged and wanted to talk about this, even if they weren't part of the LGBTQ. Well, they are part of the community. Yeah. But it's just very impressive that, you know, there is a strong community here. And I think it's pretty galvanized, it seems, or at least has a lot more potential, but very, very impressive. And people shouldn't feel alone. And I think that's kind of been one of the themes today that we were just sort of getting into before you arrived. And that is that uh, that fighting the, the, the hardest part, which is that isolation. And, and, and you, you came on campus today, as you said, from Chicago, and you came away with, Hey, you're not alone. We have a, there is a vibrant community. So anybody listening, we just want to, you know, make sure that, that you know that, 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 that you're not alone and there is a community here and there's events and there's all kinds of things going on. And if you, if you want to get involved or you want to check it out you know we 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 everybody wants you there and you're not alone and there's plenty of love and plenty of uh compassion and awesomeness going on and and everything and and as i said just to reiterate the places you can find information the center for device diversity and inclusion the allies webpage, and they all have social media associated with it so just googling seu allies or seu center for diversity and inclusion and we're going to take one last music break. I've got one more song to play for you. And this song is called Tiger and the artist is John Moon and the album is called Moonshine Corner. Check it out. And you are listening to the Apex Hour right here on Thunder 91.1.
Cutting up the chances Who's closing up the deal Who's wishing they could go back Back to the day, back to the day Who's running things around here Who may I ask is this Who's dancing around the question Dancing away, dancing away Well, welcome back, everyone. We are super excited to have you back here for our last break. We were just chatting over the break about how much things have changed and how awesome that is that things have changed so much. Claudia, you were just sharing that story about that was graduation here you were just talking about Mm -hmm. and how different it's been and and how now, you know, you're really enjoying what what you're seeing, I hope, on campus. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome to see the change. Well, I wish we had hours and hours and hours to spend, but in our last little bit of time here, we're going to do our our What's Turning You On This Week, everybody's favorite segment, <laughs> and everybody's kind of giggling in here. Um, and this is just the time where we talk about what's making you excited and just mm-hmm. to kind of share things. And it could be anything. It could be a, your, a movie, a TV show, a podcast, a book, or something else so who would like to start chris do you have your thing (laughs) i'm gonna give a very literal answer to the question that you've posed so i'm just gonna say gus kenworthy uh our gay olympian um sochi medalist and now pyeongchang competitor that's my answer that's awesome (laughs) that's perfect and what's his event again uh does it matter? He's extreme skiing. So oh, yeah. Extreme winter sports. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Okay, cool. Great. And how about you, John? What's making you, what's turning you on this week? Well, now that Chris stole mine, <laughs> I'm going to go with a more academic response. 
And uh, thanks to Johnny McLean for the recommendation. But there's a book called Whistling Vivaldi that is just amazing. That's a great book. It's really incredible. It's about stereo, it's stereotype threat and just the the background of you know how it works when you are a marginalized or minority group, how the stereotypes that follow your group affect your performance in the real world. And it's really fascinating. Fascinating book that's been actually getting quite a bit of press. And yeah. the, the title again is Whistling, Whistling Vivaldi. And I can't remember the author's name. Do you remember? Cold you can check it out. Steel, I think. That sounds about right. But Whistling Vivaldi, it is really a, a, a great book. And, um, and it's been on a lot of the lists. And I know it's been talked about on NPR and all these kinds of things. So definitely check that out. Great. Brayden, how oh, about you? What's, what's turning, turning you on? You on? <laughs> My mom. <Aww>. Sounds filthy. <laughs> but. <laughs> but it's true. She's a um, rock star. She's kind of a rock star. So it makes me really happy to see her, her get that, um, credit because I know what she's all the work she's done how much yeah. it matters and then also just being here at SUU today I mean staggering what's going on and there's so many resources and good stuff happening wonderful well thank you I love it yeah SUU is sexy is wow sexy. <laughs> diversity is sexy That's I true. love that that should be the new bumper sticker or something that's our new center motto oh. diversity is sexy I love it let's <laughs> do it hashtag diversity is sexy <laughs> Claudia how about you what's making you excited this week oh, this today was so wonderful because we had so many people who did come to to listen and to speak and share and it was all about love. And so that always is a turn on for me. It love is wonderful. a turn on. That's <laughs> wonderful. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of you, Claudia and Braden and John and Chris, for spending the hour with me today on the Apex Hour. Um, as you all know, we are subscribable on iTunes, the podcast. You can just uh, Google SEU Apex or do the search on the podcast and subscribe. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to see the podcast go into the ratings and, and get some traction. Um, also, we just want to recap a few of the resources. The Center for Diversity and Inclusion is right here on campus in the Sharwan Center, room 101. And also on their website, you can find everything, calendars, social media pages, and everything like that. Also on the allies page, which is su.edu slash allies, we want to remember that there's that ask us anything button. So get on there. It's completely anonymous. If you have uh, questions or you're looking for resources, or anything like that. And then early in the show, Claudia gave you her phone number, um, which, you know, if you really are looking for some support, she is a loving mother to us all. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys so much for taking the time and spending the hour with me today. It was really great. Thank you. Well, that does it for our last best of show of the semester. Next week, we will be back in the studio live. And this is the Apex Hour every Thursday, 3 p.m., KSUU Thunder 91.1. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the Apex Hour here on KSUU Thunder 91.1. Come find us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. for more conversations with the visiting guests at Southern Utah University and new music to discover for your next playlist. And in the meantime, we would love to see you at our events on campus. To find out more, check out suu.edu slash apex or email us at suapex at icloud.com. 
Until next week, this is Lynn Vartan saying goodbye from the Apex Hour here on Thunder 91.1.